Welcome in everybody to our week five recap show. In this edition of I Don't Know Jim, we've got a ton to talk about from week five, including the Patriots shutting out the best offense in football, the Titans prevailing in a nail biter, and the Eagles staying undefeated in a tight road victory. All this and more coming up on I Don't Know Jim. We are going to hop into our He's Gym draft for week five. Welcoming back special guest Evan Tracer, our first recurring guest. He also won the first overall pick by fortune of the Wheel of Death. So, Evan, I'm going to hand it off to you. Number one overall, who's your first (laughs) He's Gym? Yeah, my first gym, my first He's Gym of the week. I think it's a no-brainer. Goes by the name of Bailey Zappi. Out of New England, Massachusetts. Oh, geez, New England. <laughs> uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts, my bad. Um, I'm claiming him to be the gym. I don't know Mac Jones' future moving forward in terms of his ankle injury. I know he was technically doubtful today. Pat, you might be able to help me here. Who was our backup technically today? Garrett Gilbert. Thank you. That's what yep. I thought. So, you know, I don't know when Mac Jones is ready. Maybe it's next week. Maybe it's the week after that. But if Zappi keeps winning and looking like he did today, Granted, the Lions are pretty awful on defense, but, you know, I like him. I think he brings an excitement to the offense that we didn't really have. Mac Jones sits in the pocket. He looks a little freakish. He's always jittery, and, and Zappy looked good back there. So he's my uh, first and foremost gym of the week. I like it. Definitely a homer pick, but Zappy got the job done today, and uh, he did look good. Uh, the offense looks a little bit more defined, I think, than when Mac Jones was in there. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, I, I mean – we, we won. We won by a lot, and we haven't been doing that, and uh, that makes me a happy camper. Had a couple of bucks in the game as well. Alex, I believe you are next. My first season gym is going to be uh, Brees Hall, baby. Uh, Jets up. Jets up. Brees Hall, let's look at this stat line, baby. Brees Hall, 18 rush attempts, 97 yards, and a touchdown. He also was uh, two receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's that's a hit. He's Jim kind of stat line that, you know, I, I keep an eye on. Um, Jets look good. Reese Hall looks better. Next up, Pat. All right. Yeah, I'm like going to hop, hop right in. I feel like my best strategy in these drafts is to just grab my de- defensive guy first. That is and smart. my defensive player is going to be Matthew Judon. Dude was an absolute, absolute menace today against Jared Goff and the Lions. Two sacks three tackles and a huge force fumble that ended up in a Kyle Duggar scoop and score. So he definitely deserves the honor in this one. And because I am the third pick, I'm going to keep it rolling right into my next pick. And that is going to be quarterback, tight end, running back, hybrid, Taysom Hill. And Hill ended up with nine rushes for 112 yards, three touchdowns, one-for-one one passing, 22 yards and a touchdown, and also a special teams fumble recovery. In a huge game and big victory against the Seattle Seahawks, making my colleague Alex's life much more hard as he tries to assist those wondering what is Taysom Hill in their daily 
fantasy lineups. So he's going to get a huge gym from me. And Alex, I'm sorry that he had success today. Yeah, usually uh, usually that's bad news for me. Um, wasn't terrible today. Uh, I was expecting a little more volume on it. I think he's officially listed as a tight end, but uh, mm. I don't know. You don't know Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm move. next up. I, don't, I need a defensive guy. I might have to just save that for the end because uh, I don't have a defensive guy that I have uh, – really see right now it's going to be someone on the houston texans hold on uh shout out houston texans we're going Derek stingley he had six tackles in a pick and i i don't know first I pick of his career yeah shout out stingley uh shutting down the jags a little bit of jags hype train going texans said no this guy in the chat's going crazy this is so unprofessional I just got called a clown and wholly unprepared in the chat. Can you believe this guy? Like you're you're getting banned from the pod if you keep this up. I don't know, man. This guy came and locked and loaded with four defensive players. This gym didn't even have one. I don't want to hear. I'll I'll take my snake here and go one two. Uh, my defensive player, I, as Pat mentioned, I I have a couple for sure. I'm gonna go with Micah Parsons. Um, game mm-hmm. just finished up. The Cowboys um, match you with Matt Judon already being picked by Pat. Uh, which is quite unfortunate. I was going to go Pats, 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 as you'll see by my next pick. But uh, Michael Parsons and that defense looked really good. I had the Rams, thought they were going to kind of honestly have their way with the Cowboys. I thought Cooper Rush's luck was up. And uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Michael Parsons, and that Cowboys defense kind of made their life miserable. I know the Rams don't have a great O-line, but, you know, if they keep winning, I mean, the NFC East might be the most fun division to watch right now with the Eagles and the Cowboys playing their best football. I think they're on uh, next week, actually. and. Um, yeah, he, he was my gym of the week. My last one, another running back with a pretty impressive stat line. Another Patriot as well. We're going with Ramondre Stevenson. Mm. Uh, not sure what happened to Damian Harris. Maybe he just vibes with Mac Jones, the Alabama boys. But Ramondre toted the rock, as Isaiah Wynn says, for about 28 times for, I think, 161 rush yards. Uh, Pat is the Pat stat expert. Not sure the last time that any Patriots running back had 161 rush yards. Um, made the ground game look good. You know, a lot of negative plays. They turned into four, five, six-yard gains for uh, Patriots and Ramondre. So he's my third and final. He's Jim. Nice. Yeah, career day for him. And it was definitely good to see him step up in Damian Harris's absence. I know that I think they listed him with a hamstring injury, so that's never promising to see. So it's good yeah, to know good. that the running game will be in good hands with him. At the wheel. I think it's back to Cat. Yeah, it is back to me. You you can't do Patriots players only, man. I know you're the Pats guy, but trying to spread the love around the league. I'm getting some. I did too. I think they they had had a great day. They had a big performance today. Relax against the Lions. I'm getting some birdies in my ear trying to tell me to pick Gabe Davis. He did have a good day, but uh, I'm going with my gut and I'm going with the uh, Mike Williams because Mike Williams is a beast. I was going to do Eckler, but I did Eckler last week, so I can't do him again. Uh, Mike Williams, 10 receptions, 134 yards. Beast. Enough said. And for my last pick, my last gym, this one might be a bit controversial, but I think I'm basing it more off of the the guts and the ballsiness of this performance as opposed to the stat line. I'm going with Daniel Jones today. Taking down the Green Bay Packers in London. 21 for 27, 217 yards. All on a bum ankle. They get a huge dub against the Packers team that was favored by, I think it was eight and a half. 
So I'm going to give Daniel Jones my last. He's Jim. I like it, Pat. I'm in on the, the Giants hype train. Um, we'll get into it in a second, but Packers didn't look great. And uh, sure, if Daniel Jones can continue to win games, I'm, I'm here for it. Alex, what's wrong? You seem upset that I picked Daniel Jones. Are you okay? I mean, it's a fluky London game. I, I don't care. that. What Packers are you talking about? You were, you were talking about, oh, I think that maybe, you know, people think, oh, they're going to underestimate the Packers and the Packers got croaked. Yeah, it's a fluky London game. I was on Giants plus eight and a half, but I don't really care who wins that game. It's in London. Those games are weird. Those games still count. Hey. It's not like there's a yeah, London category. Last time I checked, the win goes into the win column, <laughs> not the fluky London column. All right, kicking it off, 9.30 a.m., Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Giants taking down the Packers by a final of 27-22. to 22. And I talked about it in my, he's Jim, Daniel Jones, gutting out a bum ankle, leading the Giants to a victory. They fought hard all game. And I honestly think that the Packers kind of got caught sleeping here. I think maybe that's what also is going on in your head. But I want to hear what you what you got to say about this one. No, yeah, I agree. I think it was a pants-down spot for the Packers. Heading across the pond, not a great opponent. You know, play down to that level. Don't really show up. Go through the motions, you know. Bad loss for the Packers, good win for the Giants. But I just, I still don't think the Giants are good. I know they're 4-1, and one, and I know if you, like, you can be not good and just, like, win games and have a good record. But they, they, I, I don't think there's anything scary about the Giants. I think Saquon's good. I know you call them the gym this week, but I think Daniel Jones still stinks. I don't know. Good win, but like they're going to have to keep proving me wrong. And I don't care if they go like 15-1. and one, I'm going to die on the hill that they well, stink. If they go 15-1, they're probably not that bad. But yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, they're, they're, I'll eat it. I'll eat the L if they go 15-1. and one. I'll admit yeah. I was wrong. I don't think that's happening, but they're kind of convincing me. Like this was a convincing win for me. They, they were down and they kept being down and they kept fighting back the whole entire game until they finally broke, broke through and won. I mean, I agree with you there, but again, it's chalked up as a London fluke win to me. Show me if you can do it again on American soil against a good team. And then we'll talk. Yeah. And this was the Packers first London game. So they had never gone through that whole process. You know, it's obviously a huge change from being in your home stadium. So maybe there is something to what you're saying there, but I'm, you guys I'm, are I'm clowning me. I'm right. No, I don't know if you're right. I, no, I'm right. It's a, the London games are fluky. Whatever you say. We'll, we'll see the next London game. I'll, I'll predict it perfectly. I All right. Yeah. You better nail it. Nostradamus. Okay. We can move on to the 1 p.m. slate. Let's start with the good old Falcons heading to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. Uh, I thought this was a blowout spot. It kind of was until the fourth quarter, to be honest, mm-hmm. until Boger decided, oh, Falcons come back. No, thank you. And give <laughs> Tom Brady a win. Is there really much more to say about this game than like the Bucks should win this? Nice to see the Falcons show some spirit in the fourth, but you know, Bucks are better. Falcons stink. Like, I don't yeah, know, it's, it is kind of crazy though because without that roughing the passer at the end of the game, you know, hypothetically the Falcons go score a touchdown, win the game, dude. They're in first place in the NFC South. This I'm game was sure. this game is for the NFC South. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. So sneaky. I definitely think the Bucks are way better than the Falcons, but they hung around for entirely too long. It was it, what was it like twenty-one to seven in the fourth, and then yeah. all of a sudden it became a game. 
I mean, the Falcons, again, they do nothing for me. Buccaneers need to figure it out. Leonard Fournette was their leading receiver. Well, he's I, I, I got to see more out of them offensively. I've been saying it all season. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they should be putting up more than 21 against this team, to be honest. But yep. the win column number went up, so I guess that's all that matters. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, now go north to the Bears and the Vikings. Vikings taking on the W, 29-22 to 22 behind big performances from Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. And again, good win for the Vikings, but they let the Bears hang around for entirely too long. You know, they were up big early. Then all of a sudden, the Bears have a lead in the fourth quarter. And with an offense that I think it has an argument as being the worst in the league. No, yeah, that's fair. I don't know if it's just a thing with like purple and gold teams that they can't close out games. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's for the enjoyment of the drama. But the Vikings were were stomping them, and then suddenly the Bears' inept offense was taking it to town. Yeah, um, it was it was crazy because they. I mean, it was that. That Cam Dantzler strip and recovery on Amir Smith-Marset at the end of the game, that, that that sealed it for him. And, you know, the Bears had a chance to win it. So, again, Vikings, good win. They moved to 4-1. and one. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But, man, they're not, there's not a lot of convincing teams in this league. And even though the Vikings are 4-1, I would not consider them, you know, to be that, that upper echelon. Of teams, they're like just above the Giants, four and one in my mind. Um, yep. Neither team should be four and one. Neither team will go very far in the playoffs, even if they make it. But um, you know, props for doing that so far through five weeks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. Okay, we can head to Foxborough now to discuss the. Uh, Highest scoring offense in the league, putting up a goose egg against the Pats. Woof. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Jim? Yeah, so my big takeaways here are that Bill Belichick just schooled Dan Campbell and that Lions offense. There was absolutely nothing for Goff all day long. He had no time. His receivers were not open. And the Patriots offense. Did what they needed to do. Ramondre Stevenson, 25 attempts, 161 yards. He looked awesome. Bailey Zappi was efficient. You know, he wasn't, you know, airing it out deep or, or doing anything spectacular. But I honestly think that's what this Patriots offense needs. is just somebody to, to keep them in the game and not make any big mistakes, turning the ball over, that kind of stuff. And Zappi did make a couple of nice throws today, but he didn't wow me with anything. Um, but I did think it was a, a kind of a nice change up from Mac Jones being in there. There was no, oh my God, I need to get rid of this. There was no panic, throw the ball up. If he was getting pressured, he was stepping up and taking the check down or, or taking something short. He wasn't just throwing it up there. So it was good to see that. And who knows where the Bailey Zappi experiment goes from here. But man, shut out a team like the Lions who do have the highest scoring offense in the NFL or they did to this point at least. Um, and a quick stat here from Mike Reese. 
he pulled this from ESPN Stats and Info. This is the first time in NFL history that a team averaging 35 points per game in its first four games was shut out in its fifth game of the season. So that's pretty impressive for a Patriots team wearing their sick throwbacks, and I, I thought it was a great win for them. Yeah, Jim, I think you kind of nailed all the good points there. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the Bailey Zappy Mac Jones situation is moving forward, but mm-hmm. he's been impressive enough to, uh, you know, do the job he needs to do. Next up, we can talk about the Texans' big dub against the Jaguars today. Welcome to the win column, Texans. Uh, low scoring affair, but gritty, gritty dub nonetheless. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for Davis. You know, he deserved this. He's he been did. his neck out on the line for this team. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's nice to see his, his reward, his uh, effort rewarded. Uh, Jaguars looked bad. They did. I don't think they've looked bad this season. I think they just looked bad today in a close divisional matchup. I'm not super concerned about them in the long haul. Um, but you should be winning that game if you're a serious a serious team. Yeah, that's a take care of business type of type of game in my opinion if you're a you know, clear-cut division winner. But again, you know, the Jaguars aren't that they weren't that heading into the season. They weren't that heading into this game. They definitely had a tough time. Trevor Lawrence was not sharp as he has been in the weeks before this, not including the Philadelphia week, obviously. But Damian Pierce had a great game. He had a pretty nasty run uh, towards the end of the game. So, like you said, good to see the Texans get a W. They were the last winless team in the league. And you know what? Their defense performed well today. I'll say that too. Their defense has not gotten any love from anybody. And I think they won them this game. So good for the Texans. Good to see them win. They won't get many more of these. The Jags have to reevaluate where they are, really. Um, I thought that maybe after they had taken down the Chargers, they had a chance at winning the AFC South. I don't know if that changes your opinion on it. This one kind of changes mine. I don't think they're going to contend for this division anymore. No, yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of a stinky division, to be honest. It is. Uh, I don't really like any of the teams in that division at all. No. This is like the NFC East of years past. Um, mm-hmm. Just someone's going to scrape along to like a 7-9, and 7-10 record. Now we can go to... The Chargers and the Browns. Chargers squeaking by with a 30-28 to W in Cleveland. And Jim, the Chargers got punched in the mouth pretty hard here, and they responded to the tune of 173 yards on the ground for Austin Eckler. Mike Williams had a big game in the air, but man, if, if, if we're the Chargers, what are we doing at the end of the game? Going for that fourth down. They go for that fourth down, don't convert, and then you give the Browns a chance to win it. And thankfully, and luckily for them, Cade York misses the field goal, and they escape. But at what point do they stop with the, with the fourth down stuff? Like, 
I get it's their thing, and I get that that's like they they get their edge from that or whatever. But are you really still getting your edge? And I understand they did get a win today, but what are we doing? Keenan Allen even said it. What are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> I love seeing these two teams get together, Jim, because it's just like a who can make the worst the like the worst of the coaching decisions. Um, <laughs> It's really funny. I really like watching two teams that don't want to win the game play each other. Um, they're just, they're, I, it's ridiculous. You, you hit the nail on the head again. It's, yeah, you convert that fourth and two. No one's talking about it, but, and they'll probably like won't bring it up as much because they won. Mm-hmm. But that's the type of decision that, you know, later down off, on in the season, you know, one game out of a playoff spot, that's the type of decision that just blew your season up. That's the difference between, yeah, being in the playoffs and being on the couch. Yeah, you said it. Fortunately for them, the Browns didn't want to win the game either. So, <laughs> but like, that, that is crazy. It's mind boggling. I understand the rationale, but like there's, time, there's a time to be a gem and there's a time to just punt. Yeah. Just punt the ball. At, at what point? Yeah, you're, you're sacrificing in my opinion, too much of your ability to win as opposed to, you know, your ability to let the game slip away, if that makes any sense. By going for it there, sure, you put the game away. However, if you don't get it, and then you're like, oh, no, now we're in trouble. Like, hello, there's a middle ground. Yeah. There's a a clear middle ground, so – I don't know, man. Uh, that's why I don't trust the Chargers. That's why I don't trust them. I agree. I don't know how they got out of there with a win, but they did. Let's head over to the Dolphins. <laughs> Shout out the Dolphins. Fins up. To the Jets. The Jets, baby. 40-piece. Damn. I mean, when you got Sky Thompson in the game, yeah, you probably should win if you're the Jets. So yeah. props to them. Um, shout out the Dolphins medical staff. For making the correct decision a few weeks too late. Uh, are they in? Are they in uh, top of the division? Uh, people forget about the Buffalo Bills, Jim. Oh, people do forget the Bills are in the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they'd be top of the division if the Bills weren't in the division. Yes, uh, yeah, that's 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 fair. Uh, Goodwin Jets Dolphins. Are they in trouble without Tua and Teddy? Um, I would probably say with a rookie seventh rounder at quarterback, you might be. <laughs> is that Insightful. fair? Insightful analysis from the pod here. <laughs> is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Like, good win for the Jets. Good for you guys. Beating up on a team that is missing their top two quarterback options. Definitely good to see Brees Hall get going. He was my pick for offensive rookie of the year. The dude is just an athletic freak. And you saw it today. Yeah. One of those receptions he had, he broke it loose. But I guess I was kind of surprised to see the Dolphins' defense give as much as they did against the Jets. I mean, obviously, once Bridgewater goes down, you don't expect much on the offensive side of the ball. And I guess Tyreek Hill is also banged up too, so that's concerning. But good win for the Jets. Good for Rob Sala. You know, he's excited that they're not in the in the garbage anymore. We'll see where where the season goes for them. Maybe they'll be able to make some noise. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs, but I could see them 
you know, getting in some team's way as far as seeing goes at the end of the year. Yeah, I agree. I can definitely see one of those graphics with the like final week of the season where they need 18 different results to sneak in with that final spot. Mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing that graphic actually, but I bet it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I love those. Anyway, we can go to the leader of the clubhouse in the AFC East now, the Buffalo Bills, who took down the Steelers by a final of 38-3. Jim, credit to us here. We knew that 14 was not enough. Credit to you. The Steelers looked like the worst team in the league today. They also have the worst record. They are 1-4. and And the Bills, dude, I mean... The Bills were a laser show today. Josh Allen, 424 yards, four touchdowns. Gabe Davis had the Randy Moss stat line. You know, I think it was three for 171 and two touchdowns. Just, I mean, just ridiculous. And the Steelers did nothing. We expected them to do nothing. You know, Kenny Pickett's first start on the road. That's tough. So I, I think that this one was our crystal ball game of the week. Like, we knew this was coming. Yeah, um, basically what I gathered from that is that if the season ended, the Steelers would have the number one overall draft pick. They stink. I'm right. I'm always right. Bills wagon, 14, not enough. They were, dude, they were going crazy. Like, D- Dude, that, there was a couple big fights in this game. Did you see that? Yeah, kind of rightfully so. They were like low-hidden picket. The game's over. Like It was over. It was over by halftime, probably over by the end of the first quarter. Over after the first Bills drive, really. And, you know, they're, they're flying into picket. All right, Jim, we can uh, move on to our gym of the week game. It would be a gym game. Jimmy. Titans taking down the commanders. Arguably, the commanders took down themselves because they suck. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Titans didn't really look good at all. But, I mean, Derrick Henry was Derrick Henry. That's all they need. And Carson Wentz was Carson Wentz. Yep. I'd rather have Derrick Henry being Derrick Henry than Carson Wentz being Carson Wentz on my team. I'm with you. Goodbye, Commander season. Oh, yeah. they're, they're down there with the Steelers. Yeah. They've been miserable, man. I thought that maybe they would fight this year. They have not been good at all. Mm-mm. Nothing on the ground here. It was good to see Brian Robinson back, though. That was incredible. That was a cool yeah. one. Yeah. But was he six weeks removed from getting shot in the leg? Is that right? Twice? I mean, talk about being a gym. Yeah, man. I guess he can have an honorable be a gym. That's yeah, cool. we're gonna squeeze him in right now. How about that? He's that's that's gym like man. And he came out to many men by 50 yeah, cent too. That's, that's just that's incredible. So good very, for him. Very, very, very cool. Good for him. Um, but otherwise, in the commander is not much to really cheer for. Danny Brown, he had a nice little coming out party. I mean, only had two catches, two touchdowns, 105 yards. That was nice for a guy that they thought was going to, you know, be an explosive threat for them coming out of last year's draft. Um, But again, they just, Carson Wentz, you got first and goal from, what was it, the two or the three yard line at the end of the game, and you can't put it in. You got to put it in. You got to convert there, and there's no excuse. We're going to take you down to the Superdome now where we had a high-scoring affair between the Saints and the Seahawks. Saints coming away victorious here, 
by a final of 39 to 32. And Taysom Hill was his X factor self. He went nuts on the ground, nine for 112, three touchdowns. On the other side of the ball, Geno Smith was efficient. Kenneth Walker also busted a nice run open. But the Seahawks defense continued to be Swiss cheese. And I think the Saints surprised me today on offense. They've been pretty dormant all season. Um, And without Jameis Winston, I didn't really think that they were going to be able to put anything together. But they did, and a lot of it was due to Taysom Hill. So props to them for figuring out a game plan without their starter. And for the Seahawks, maybe I was too high on them coming off of that crazy win in Detroit. I think that they're going to be one of the top 10 picks in the draft. I mean, I don't think that's that hot of a take, but um, <laughs> 10 teams do need to be there, so yeah. we can lock them in as a top 10 pick team. Uh, their defense is awful. Yeah, very like, bad. Miserably bad. Um, I don't know. The Saints should win this game. I guess credit for, and am I being too harsh? Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of downplaying a lot of these teams' wins this week. But, you know, you play to win the game, you win the game, you get a W. That's cool. But, I don't know. Seahawks, I, I just don't think beating the Seahawks is ever, like, a crazy achievement this year. No, and the Saints are only 2-3 and three now. They're not world beaters. But, but Geno Smith's look good. You know, he's better than Russell Wilson. I'll give him that, man. Geno has looked good. Good for Geno Smith. He's been super efficient this year. Um, I'll prop him up because I definitely talked bad about him before the season started and the weeks leading up to this and the week previous. So I'm good for him. I'm excited for him. You know, he's had a tough career. It's good to see him. It is good to see the Geno revival train. All right, Alex. I am going to give this one off to you immediately because this might be the last week you get to intro a Matt Rule-led Panthers team. So I'll give it right off to you. I mean, Jim, what, what more is there to say than that, you know, it's already been said. This guy is a clown. You might be right. I actually hadn't thought about it, that I'm taking my Matt Rule dancing on his grave grave days for granted. They're not going to stick around forever. Numbered, man. They are <laughs> extremely numbered. I don't know if he's... I'll take I'll take a, take a break from Matt Rule. Did you see the Baker Mayfield pick? Yeah. If... The winning the Super Bowl was for like the most ridiculous head coach and the worst quarterback in the league. If that was the goal, the Panthers would be the best team in the league by a mile. The Panthers, the Panthers would be undefeated, dude. We'd have we would have a Panthers and Commanders NFC Championship game. I mean, for, unfortunately for them, <laughs> winning the Super Bowl means you have to be good. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of getting sad now. I, I don't know if I'm going to be around to the Matt yeah. Rule experiment. I don't even know if you can call it an experiment. It's a disaster. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, it's over. The Chernobyl experiment, if you're going to call it that. Uh, the, um, the only team that could get in the way of my Steelers number one overall pick take is if Matt Rule somehow keeps this job and keeps managing this team for the rest of the season. I just think there's no way he makes it past. I don't think he makes it past this week, honestly. I don't think he's their head coach for their week six game. I don't see I don't it. Take. You, you, got think cl- gonna, you think they're just going to clear house that, this quick? 
this quick. Dude. How many seasons has he been there now? This is too many. We're in the middle of his third year. Is that right? Yeah. And they stink. They smell. Dude, they got clapped 37 to 15. At home. At home. Mm. And the 49ers, like I said, I think they have the best defense in the league. Obviously, it's tough to tell against such a putrid offense like the Panthers. But, dude, I don't think he makes it past this week. I honestly will be shocked if he's their head coach on Sunday. Yeah, that, I mean, it is a hot take, but it's, it's, it's warranted. Is that my swan song? I'm in, a weird, I'm in a weird spot where I need him to perform well enough to keep his job so I can continue to dump on him. All right, Matt Rowell, if you're listening to some podcasts, driving home from the facility with your badges no longer working, my thoughts and prayers. All right, next up, we got uh, the Dallas Cowboys, the Los Angeles Rams. Jim, I don't do it a lot, but I might have to admit I was wrong about the Rams. Thanks, Jim. I've um, been waiting for you to come to the dark side. I think you were right. They got exposed today, man. Mm-hmm. They've got serious weaknesses on that offensive line. Dallas has a serious pass rush. You saw it right off the bat. You look at the stats, and it's like, great. Stafford had 308 and a touchdown. Cup had 7 for 125 and a touchdown. But you scored one touchdown. Mm-hmm. You didn't run the ball worth anything. Cam Akers led the team with 33 yards. Mm-hmm. Didn't control the game. They had a nice fake punt. That was cool. But then they got stopped. So I, I'm not going to say that the Rams are like, uh, you know, bottom of the barrel team. I think they're a team that could beat anybody on any week. But I don't think they're a team that should be favored going into almost any game. I don't uh, think yeah. I don't think they're one of the top five, you know, maybe even ten teams in the league right now. That's fair. I, they're very much more so middle of the road right now this season. It'd be nice if we can just live in the past and you know hang on to our accomplishments from prior seasons. But yeah, we're talking this season right now, and they are not that good right now. That's right. And on the other side of the ball, Cooper Rush only has 102 yards passing, but guess what? They're getting it done. They're winning games. And this Cowboys team looks dangerous, if you ask me. I've done a 180 on them. You have. I've done a total 180 on them, man. Their defense looks scary. And when they get Dak Prescott back, their offense is going to be legit, too. Yeah, he'll do a good job mentoring Cooper Rush from the bench. All right, all right. I'm serious though. Like, no, I would, I would really look out. And it's crazy because now it's like you look at their records and you got three of the top, however many teams record wise, with the Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles all being in the NFC East. Like, it's just insanity when you, when you look at it. But I'm taking the Cowboys for real from this point on. We can keep going now. The Battle of the Birds, Eagles winning. 20 to 17 on the road. And Jim, I'm looking at the Eagles schedule here. They've got a chance. Don't say it. They have a chance to at least, at least make it to 10 and 0. Now I'm going to read you the teams and we can talk about the game, but I just want to give it to you really quickly here. 
So after this week, they beat the Cardinals. After this week, the Cowboys. That's going to be a tough one. Bye. Steelers at home. Win. At the Texans. Win. Home against the Commanders. Win. At the Colts. Should be a win. And then it gets a little tougher. Packers, Titans. But man, dude, they've got a real chance to finish with the best record in the league. They've got some really soft opponents, and they have looked really good all at the same time. I wouldn't be shocked if they end up with the number one seed, the NFC. Saying that right now, they are very complete on both sides of the ball. Jalen Hurts is again did what he needed to do, looked good. Cardinals, another unimpressive performance. They had a chance to send it in overtime at the end of the game, couldn't do it. Or win the game, really? Yeah, yeah. Eagles are legit. I didn't really mind what I saw from the Cardinals. I mean, it was very Cardinal esque to just like come up just short. And you're not good enough. I feel bad for the Cardinals, but good bird battle. Yeah, Love this was a realistic bird battle, right? Yeah, the Saints beat the Seahawks, right? Yeah, I did see they, that. They were going for the bird gauntlet. Yes. Uh, they got the Cardinals next up, then the Ravens and the Eagles. I know this is off topic for this game, but you know no team's ever completed the bird gauntlet. I did not know that, but now that I know that, you might have to hop on the Saints for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, here. have to. <laughs> you are the bird guy on the podcast, so. All right, I'll, keep, I'll make sure to keep bird gauntlet stat, status up. Yeah. <laughs> And last but not least, Sunday Night Football, we had the Ravens taking down the Bengals by a final score of 19-17. to And unfortunately, Alex can't be with us for this SNF recap, but he did make sure to tell me that his takeaways were Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey were locked down and that Justin Tucker is a legend. I'm going to have to agree with him on all of his points there. Justin Tucker's post-game interview where he credited his holder, Jordan Stout, and then went on to say that he's a system kicker was awesome. He's ice cold, and he had a great game. But, man, hard-fought victory for the Ravens, and I'm excited to see where they go from here. In the side of the ball, the Bengals, man, they've been disappointing, and they've got to figure it out as far as their offensive line goes. They have not been nearly as explosive as everybody would have expected. And if they don't get on track soon here, they're going to be in real trouble. All right, so that's going to do it for our week five recap. Now we're going to move on to it's James, James not Jim, not as a refresher. Jim. This is a player slash team that we are frustrated with from their week five performance. And my team is going to be the Cleveland Browns. They came out and punched the Chargers in the mouth allowed the Chargers to get back in the game, stopped them on a fourth down, had a chance to win it on what was kind of a miraculous you know, shift in, of events. The Chargers not picking up that fourth down. Cade York misses it. That's just a game that they got to get. That's an opportunity against a really good team for them to get a good win, and they just let it slip from their hands. 
I was on the uh, I was on the Chargers there, so you know I was pumped about it, but I couldn't agree more. It kind of goes back to my my Stefanski take last week about being a little bit of fraudulent, and uh, can't say you're wrong, Pat. Mm. Yeah, good take. Uh, I had the Cleveland Steamers this week. That hurt, um, but we move. Uh, am I is since he's around to do an honorary pick? So I think I'm going to let him go before me. Yes, let's yeah. let our, our our guests on. Yeah, so I have a pretty pretty strong opinion here, Pat, and I'm interested to hear your take. I think the James of the week yeah. is Jerome Holding Bulger. He oh. called the worst roughing the passer I have seen in the history of the NFL. And I saw online that Tom Brady essentially got assaulted on that play, according to Jerome. And I don't know how true that is. Um but but it was just a soft call, and it's sad to see that you know the Falcons had a chance to get the ball back, try to win that game, uh, and you know, and it's sad to see Jerome make some of those uh, make some of those calls today. Yeah, I agree with you, Cincy. That's a great pick. That was an absolutely game changing call. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy is that's only the worst roughing the passer called from Jerome Boger in a week's worth of time. He was the crew that called that ridiculous roughing the passer. Uh, Brandon Stevens roughing Josh Allen last week to give the Bills. Oh, the people forget. Good shout. Good shout. I saw that. Wow. He's on my he's on my list right now. Keep an eye on him. Yeah, deciding hot. games. He's deciding games. Big NFL's got him in their pocket. Keep an eye on Boger. Wow. Big NFL showed. I'm going Carson Wentz. Oh, this guy's man. a bum. This guy stinks. This guy could have the game if his life was on the line. James Wentz. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, that. they had every shot to win that game, and that was just heinous. They're so bad. They're just bad. Hey, Pat told me Titans. I have a Titans, but he didn't tell me I wouldn't have to sweat. So uh, that one was wild. Hey, dude, the, the, the be a gym picks are 2-0. and oh. Don't look now. Hi, James. So I had a few options here that I was going to go kind of down the line. Uh, I'm going to stick with quarterbacks. I know, you know, sometimes talking about quarterbacks is boring, but last week I did coaches. I'm going Trevor Lawrence. I know we talk about quarterbacks a lot. Everyone does. But, you know, I thought that last week I named some coaches that were James-like. So uh, I feel like it's okay to say it. Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be great. All this hype. Clemson, last year he had his reps. Messed up situation with Urban Meyer. This year's his time to shine. And I know they've been better. And people are like, okay, the Jaguars. But, you know, if you want to be the guy, I don't think you threw a touchdown pass. You sure, you got 200-plus yards. But you have a chance to win the game late against the Houston Texans. And he, he bottled it. Um, didn't look good, looked panicked. I know, you know, the Texans D was able to pin their ears back, but he's, he's my James. I was going to have a list, a whole triage for you. There's a vocab word wow. of, uh, quarterback. So I was going right. to go, I was going to go Carson Wentz. So good pick Al Trevor Lawrence. And then, you know, not too much into it, but Aaron Rodgers. I mean, not a huge fan of the guy. So I don't mind when, when Fox or NBC, whoever it was, is showing him 10 million times and, and his pass getting tipped, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll stick with Trevor Lawrence. He's my my James of the week. That's a great pick. That's a game they had to have, man. That's a that's a divisional Absolutely. game down to the wire like that. He's got to come up there. Couldn't agree more, Pat. I, I don't know. I think we're being a little overreactionary here. How it's the Jaguars were favored by seven and they lost by seven, Jim. He can be the James of the week, but I don't think it's a you know it's one game. He's been really good this year, in my opinion. 
So that's the whole point of the segment. He's James no, this know. week. Hey, it's gut reactions of the week, and that is what I'm going to say. You know, Trevor stinks. He's not the guy. I, I don't agree with that. I think he had a bad week, and that's fine. Who said that? Kevin. He didn't say that Trevor's hey, not the hey. guy. He just said he was a James this week. Okay, okay. All right, we're having and, one more pick here from our special guest, Nick Cincy. And I think that this guy is probably some of the most hype coming out of college. Um, first round running back. You know, and the narrative on him, even till to this day, and I don't understand it, he stinks. His yards per carry is trash. He never gets past the line of scrimmage. His team sucks. And it's Najee Harris. This guy is not mm. a good NFL running back. He's yet to do anything productive in the NFL. And I, I don't even see flashes like Saquon Barkley on bad teams. Like Saquon at least would bust a run like Najee has no ability to get past the line of scrimmage. And at this point, I, I'm shocked that the narrative hasn't, uh, hasn't shifted there. I don't know. I think that last year, obviously, he was just a horse. He got the ball a million times. His efficiency was bad, definitely. He got a ton of yards solely because of his usage. Can we check uh, that? Did he get a ton of yards? Yeah, he was over 1,000 yards last year. Uh, okay. But, it, dude, he, he got the ball almost, I think it was the second most in the league behind Jonathan Taylor. And his efficiency was very bad. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for our week five recap show. As always, we appreciate the support. Be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at I don't know Jim Podcast and leave us a five star review and comment on Apple Podcasts, too.